all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. We're going to talk about backstabbers and betrayal today. I'm going to do part two of where we were on Wednesday. Are you ready today? Lift your Bibles high because they'll smile in your face. <laughs> Lift your Bibles high. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. life. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you will. We're going to go to a few chapters in Genesis. Go to start with Genesis 37. Genesis 37. It is Super Sunday today, and we are excited about that. Uh, We are also concluding today 21 days of fasting and prayer. Amen. How many of y'all, you already, you already got yourself something to eat at midnight? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I had a meat sandwich with cheese and a side of meat. And uh, <laughs> Amen. Genesis chapter 37. Of course, on Super Sunday, we all, of course, you can always come to harvest as you are, but we all dress down, and, and uh, so it's just an exciting time, and we're going to, of course, eat today at 1.30, so we're excited about that. Amen. Genesis 37, chapter number 2. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the front with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel, or Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. In fact, he was the 11th son. Say 11th son. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not even speak peaceably to him. I said this on Wednesday, but some of you need to understand the reason people have a problem with you isn't because of you. It's because of how God has favored you. Their issue is not with you. Don't think that highly of yourself. Their issue is with the fact that God has favored you and there's nothing they can do about it. Verse 5, now Joseph had a dream. Say, I'm a dreamer. And he told it to his brothers. Say, oh, Lord. And because of that, they what? Hated him even more. 
So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So now they hated him even more for his dreams, watch this, and for his words. Not, not only did they hate what he was saying, they hated how he said it. You know when God starts moving in your life and the blessing starts to flow in your life, people don't even, they don't even want to hear what you're saying, but they don't even like the way you're saying it. They'll, they'll accuse you of being a church person now and you're a holy roller. And you got to tell them, man, I'm not a holy roller. We only roll on the floor on dunamis. Do that once a quarter. Look what it says, verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. Sun and moon represent his mother and father, and the stars his brothers. Tim, so he told it to his father and his brothers, and the father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? So your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Go to verse 23. So, so not only his, so his brothers hate him, then they hate him more. Now they envy him. So they figure the only thing we can do is get rid of him. Verse 23. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Now, I told you I gave you the Hebrew definition of that on, on Wednesday. Watch this, though. The tunic was the only thing that differentiated Joseph from his brothers. You know you're dealing with, with uh, can we call it, uh, they, they call it today, they call them haters. So you know you're dealing with people like that because they like to take the thing away from you that makes you unique. So the thing that made Joseph unique, they said, something's wrong with you. You ought not be like that. Uh, they say to you, you're a young man, so you shouldn't be interested in the arts, and you shouldn't be interested in entertainment, but that's what makes you you. Are you still here? Uh, verse 24, then they took it, took him, and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was not even any water in it. Flip to Genesis 39. We're going to go two more chapters. Genesis 39. Say this. This is going to really help me today. Say that. Genesis 39, chapter number 2. Or Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. Now notice the Bible calls him successful even though every outside measuring stick to determine his success said otherwise. So you need to stop measuring your success by how much money's in the bank, by what kind of cars are in your uh, uh, driveway, by what folks say about you. can't measure success that way because by all accounts, Joseph, who was sold into slavery, now he's working as a slave in Potiphar's house, but the Bible says he's successful. Which means maybe success isn't having bling bling and this, that, and the other and what the world says. Maybe success is being right with God and God said... I've had somebody say that you're successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor. So his daddy likes him and his master Potiphar likes him. You don't need everybody to like you. You just need to write somebody to like you. 
<laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I don't need everybody to like me. I just need to write somebody. You can talk about me if you want. I don't need you. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. <laughs> go, go, go to verse 21. There's a little story. We'll talk about it later that happens in between here. Now, Joseph, he's back in prison. But remember, the Bible still calls him successful. How is it God calls a convict successful? Because God doesn't measure success the way the world measures success. So you may say, but Bishop, I got a past. I've made some mistakes. Can I tell you? God still looks at you and says, you're a success. I know you've been locked up. I know you've been through a bankruptcy. I know you've been through this, that, and the other. But God still looks at you. And 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him, shout it, favor. Everywhere this man goes, he's favored. You may be eating beans, but you're still favored. You may be catching the bus, but you're still favored. You may have lost your house, but you're still favored. You might be in between jobs. God just giving you an extended vacation. You're still And the sight of the keeper of the prison, verse 22, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners who were in the prison. He goes to prison as a prisoner, and now he runs the prisoners. Everywhere he goes, he rises to the top. Because when God is for you, whatever they did there, it was his doing. So here he is, the, the, the what, what do they call that? The warden of the prison as a prisoner. 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because he knew the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. He said, even though you're a prisoner and you could break out of here, I'm not even worried about that because I know God is with you. One more place, Genesis 41. This is going to help your neighbor. Genesis 41. Joseph's in prison. Joseph, uh, he interprets some dreams. We'll talk about this. We'll color in the lines. I'm just kind of doing the Bob Ross thing. I'm starting with the big picture. We'll come in and paint the trees in just a little bit. Just a nice little tree. Just put it over here. All right. 41 verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. In this kind of government, he, that would be equivocal to a prime minister. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land in Egypt and, uh, in the seven plentiful uh, years. Skip down to verse number 39. So in essence, they're creating a position that did not exist. When God is for you, the company will say, we're not even hiring, but we're going to create something. Uh, I, I'm just trying to help you. This isn't hype. This is your Bible. Look at verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. Why? Because he had been through hell all his life. See, everything you've been through has been to make you stronger and wiser. Don't you look back over that stuff and think you're a failure. You look back and say, I must be real wise all the hell I didn't fall. Who else can go to hell and come back licking the ice cream cone? When people say you ought to go to hell, you ought to tell them, I've been there. Do they have any new rides? 
I want everything they got. Look at verse 40. Now, if you don't shout off of this, that's okay. We're going to give you a moment to get saved at the end of the service. Verse 40. You shall be ruler over my house. And all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, let me parenthetically insert this here, because you survived all of what you've been through and all the folks that's betrayed you and all of the backstabbers, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his hand and he put it on Joseph's hands and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and he put a gold chain around his neck and he let him ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried out before him, bow the knee. Everywhere Joseph went, uh, Joseph's uh, uh, armor bearers would announce, bow the knee. The prime minister's coming. He sent him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man can lift any hand or foot. As he said, they can't do nothing, Joseph, except at your word. Father, you hear me, and you always hear me. And in this moment, I pray that you would tailor make this word to every particular proclivity and situation that every individual under the sound of my voice is facing. And I declare that they shall rule and reign as kings and priests, as you have ordained for them to do. God, they're not being overcome, they're overcoming. They're not being taken over, they're taking over. And I thank you that we can learn from the life of Joseph that we might walk in what you have ordained. And it is so. In Jesus' name, somebody say hallelujah. High five two or three people as you take seats and say, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Be seated. Uh, you say, Bishop, what does beautiful mean? Uh, every negative experience in life has a beautiful side and a brutal side. It's, it's got the side on it that's tough and that's difficult to deal with and the emotions of our humanity, and that's the brutal side, the side of feeling betrayed and feeling like you have been let down by people you trusted and people you shared deep, dark, intimate secrets about yourself with. Uh, that's brutal. But every negative situation has a brutal side, and it has a beautiful side. See, in Joseph's situation, the beautiful side comes in Genesis 50 and 20 because he says this. He says, you thought it for evil against me, but God meant it for my good so that I could save many people, including you. Joseph's entire life was something uh, called betrayal. His whole life consisted of unmet expectations of loyalty from others. When you are an honest person, you expect people to be honest with you. When you are a loving person, you expect people to be loving with you. When you are a loyal person, you expect people to be loyal to you. It would be completely ridiculous. It would be disingenuous for one to say that I am loyal and I expect disloyalty. Can somebody say something right there? The truth is, as many people can relate to Joseph's story and his life because he deals with betrayal. Now, the synonym for betrayal, we saw it uh, with our group that introduced it for us today, uh, is backstabbing. It, it, I gave you this definition on Wednesdays. I'm going to just give it to you again, get the tape from Wednesday, or the CD or DVD. It is the breaking or violation of a presumptive contract, trust, or confidence that produces moral and psychological conflict within a relationship amongst individuals or organizations. Let me just go ahead and give you the layman's definition of betrayal. It's when somebody does something you never expected them to do because you thought you had a better understanding with them. 
Are you with me? Uh, betrayal is interesting because you can't be betrayed by an enemy. You can only be betrayed by somebody close enough to kiss you. you. You can only be betrayed by somebody that you trust. And the truth is most betrayers have been betrayed and they want to get you before they get them. You need to understand that the bigger your dream, the bigger your betrayal. The bigger your dream, the bigger you can expect that there's going to be a violation of your loyalty. There's going to be a violation of your trust. That's just the way it is. Tell somebody to say that's just the way it is. On Wednesday, I told you there are three kinds of people that you will encounter in life. Number one, there are people that are with you. These are people that are with you. They got your back. Whatever you're doing, they're in that. Even if they don't agree with what you're doing, I said, man, I don't think that's right, but I'm going to support you. I think you're going to make a fool out of yourself, but I still love you. I got your back. You got people that are with you. Then you have people that are for you. These are your fans. These are people that as long as you're winning, they're filling the stadium. But the moment you start losing, they stop coming to your game. Then you have then you have people that 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 real simple people that are against you. We would call these our enemies. Now now there's nine things you need to know about Joseph. How many? First thing, Joseph was favored by his father, favored with Potiphar, and favored with Pharaoh. Everywhere he went, he's favored. Now watch this. It wasn't Joseph's fault that he was favored. He didn't go ask for favor. But when the scriptures, do you see it recorded where he's asking the Lord to favor him? It was on him. Say, I'm favored, and there's nothing I can do about it. Now, the truth of the matter is we talk a lot. We say things like favor ain't fair, and that's truth. But the reality is is favor's not free. That's what they ought to be telling you. Favor's not fair, but can I tell you favor's not free because it involves persecution. Can you handle the price of being favored? Everybody wants to walk in the blessing, and everybody wants to walk in great things in the life, but can you handle the price? Can you handle your name being the center of ridiculous scandal that you had nothing to do with? Can you handle being the subject of people's text messages? Can you handle being the subjects of people's tweets? Can you handle being the subject of people's Facebook updates? Because if you can't handle that, then you can't handle favor, because favor, while it is... It's, it, 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 it's not free. It, 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 it's not free. It's, it, it, it's not free. Uh, you, you're going to have to get used to sometimes walking by yourself. You, you, you're going to get used to sometimes having to do things and say, Lord, you're going to have to help me because I can't seem to get anybody that can get around me that won't become jealous or envious. And so, Lord, sometimes I got to work by myself. Lord, I wanted to get a partner for my business, but I found out they couldn't handle the greatness of the dream. So, Lord, I'm going to have to do this by myself. The scripture says that Joseph had the audacity to be separate from his brothers and he could pay the price for the favor he had. Look at your neighbor and say, can you pay the price? Second thing about Joseph, how many things you need to know? Nine. Nine. Good. So we're number two. Joseph had a dream that didn't involve him being a nobody all of his life. Now, I don't know anybody that wakes up and says, you know what? I'd like to just be average. I'd just like to be a loser. Lord, just please, just let me lose. Come on. Let me see your hands. Come on. Put them up. Come on. Come on. Put them up. Hallelujah. All right. Nobody says that. Nobody wants to be average. Nobody wants to be a loser. No, nobody wants to live a life and look back on it with regret and with remorse because they didn't become what it is that they had a dream to become. Watch this. Uh, the interesting thing about dreams is I can't control my dreams because they occur in my subconscious mind. Which means that if I'm having a dream that involves greatness or that involves me reaching beyond the level I'm currently at, I have to stop and say, well, wait a minute, God, where is this coming from? Because I couldn't control this. You can't control every detail of your dream. Now, you can influence the details of your dream. Bishop Howe, eat real late. 
eat real late and eat certain foods real late and, and, and that will it oh God dreams oh Jesus come on here Denver come close all right you still with me got it now uh, Joseph's dream he didn't pray Lord give me a dream to be great he was favored and because he was favored the dream came Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, the, the, the price of this favor and the price of this dream is, watch this, is, is that in my subconscious mind, my spirit knows something that my mind hasn't yet found out. Subconscious deals with your spirit. It deals even with your, with your psyche is the Greek word there, which is your soul, which is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Y'all still here? Come on, be a good class now. Uh, watch this. When you have a dream, anybody got dreams? You got, you got dreams? You're like, okay, watch this, good. First thing you need to do is wake up. Daydreams don't come to pass. Night dreams don't come to pass. Mid-afternoon dreams don't come to pass. If you got a dream, the first thing you got to do is wake up and write it down. When I write it down, it transfers from being a dream into a vision. Write the vision, make it plain so you can read it and run with and do it. So if you say, why are my dreams coming to pass? Because that's all it is, a dream. Joseph, and he didn't know what he was doing, in him telling his brothers he was trying to write it down. You, 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 you missed that. Tell your neighbor, say, wake up. How many things you need to know about Joseph? This is the third one. He told the wrong people the right information. In him telling his brothers, he was trying to write it down. He was trying to get a cosigner. Oh, God, I'm going to help your neighbor. You can't always get cosigners for what God says. Because they didn't hear what you heard. They didn't see what you said. They didn't fast like you fasted. They didn't pray what you prayed. So sometimes there's some stuff you're going to have to keep between you and him. And you have to say, God, this is between us because nobody else has the understanding, the propensity, no capacity to relate to it. Touch your name and say, some stuff keep between you and God. He, 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 he didn't understand that the same folks that would kiss you would also dish you. He told the right information just to the wrong people. Why did he tell them? Because he thought, well, after all, these are my blood brothers. And I bet you somebody that meant well but didn't know well told them, well, blood is thicker than water. You better realize that ain't nowhere in the text. Sometimes that's why God has you in a church family because sometimes this will be greater than the natural family that you know. Because if we're not headed in the same direction, we are not family. We're just related. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he made a mistake thinking that because they had the same type blood running through their veins that he could tell them that. And how many people that you think, oh, I'm going to go tell my family this, that, and the other. And you tell them, and they're the first ones to shoot your balloon out the sky. And you know why they do it? Because they know all of your background. And oh God. And that's why you have to be careful with people that knew you BC because they'll continue to try to remind you who you were BC. But man, I'm no longer that. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So sometimes when you come into God, you need to wait before you try to go pull them. You need to separate from them, get yourself straight, and then go back. Y'all not saying nothing. Sometimes you got to say, listen, God's working on me right now. So I can't run with you. I can't do what we used to do. We can't be cold. We can't talk. Matter of fact, I can't sprint. My number for the change is 50. 
because I will not return to that because every time I try to move forward you're going to remind me of what I used to be and anybody that reminds you of what you used to be is not from God God says, I will remember your sins no more. Which means God says, when you ask for forgiveness, I forgot about it. The only one that remembers what you did is you. And the only reason I know you did it is because you messed up and told me. Are you still here? How many things you need to know about Joseph? Nine. They're all beautiful. They got a beautiful side. They got a brutal side. Uh, Fourth thing. Joseph comes from a dysfunctional but chosen bloodline. He comes from a dysfunctional, but chosen bloodline. Some of your neighbor's problem is, all they've had to look at in their bloodline, they've surpassed already. And so since they've surpassed it, it, they're finding it difficult to locate a point of reference for the place they know God has ordained for them to be in life because the only thing they got to look at is the dysfunction. Uh, do I need to work this? I think I will. I work it like a part-time job. For many people, they look at the dysfunction of their mothers and fathers and grandmothers. And let me say this. Every family is dysfunctional. Some different, le- different levels of dysfunction depending on the family. There is no su- let me just help all of you people that always oh, have a wonderful family. You are a liar. And you need to repent because the Bible says if any man says he's without sin, he's a lie. In the country, we wouldn't say you're a liar. We would say you're a lie. In essence, we're saying everything you say now is a lie because of your one lie. So we change your entire makeup. You're a lie. Liar is an action. A lie is a state of being. Every family has got its levels of dysfunction. Some are just greater and more prolific, if I will. Perhaps there's a great profundity in the way some families are dysfunctional because everybody else knows they're dysfunctional, and you try to tell them they're dysfunctional, and they'll get offended at you. Oh, please say it, man, or I, will, or I promise you I will get in your business on your role. Say amen. How oh, good. I figured I'd get some shouting. Got it? Uh, let's, look, let, 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 let's look at this. Could it be that all the drama that's been in your bloodline has not been because your bloodline is so messed up? Could it be that the enemy knows something about your bloodline that y'all don't seem to know about yourselves? There's a reason every man in your bloodline didn't do right. There's a reason every woman in your bloodline is, is overbearing and uh, she calls it being protective, but she's really a beast, Deuteronomy 28. There's a reason for that. Could it be that maybe there's something great in there? Maybe it's not so messed up. Maybe it's great. There's nobody there to lead the way. That's why you got to be connected and plugged into a house like Harvest because you need somebody to point the way. And so you can break this dysfunctional mess. You can break these generational curses. Everybody got it. It's not a black problem. It's a white problem, a brown problem, an everybody problem. Boom, boom. I try to say blue. It's a blue, yellow, green, red, purple, pink, polka dot problem. Everybody's problem. 
And if you meet somebody this week that says, my family don't have no problem, you tell them you're a lie. And get in the tape from the day. Listen, let's recount the deceit. Let's recount the dysfunction. Jacob, Joseph's father, he was deceitful. Matter of fact, his very name means supplanter or trickster. Uh, and he swindled his brother Esau out of his birthright. He deceived his father Isaac to the blessing that should have been spoken over Esau. Jacob has family issues, and then he fears his brother's going to kill him until he has an experience where he's left alone with God, and he has to deal with him himself, deal with God himself. And because of this encounter that Jacob, the Bible calls Jacob, wrestles with the angel at Peniel, because of this experience, uh, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel, and then he gives him a deficit in his life that only he can feel. So things began to change. Now, now watch this. You are the change in your bloodline. I want to announce it to some believers. You are the change in your bloodline. Everything you look back and say, well, mama didn't do this. Guess who gets to fix it? You. Everything you can look at and say, daddy didn't do right by this. Guess who gets to fix it? You. You are the change. Jacob has seven children with Leah. You remember Leah because he had to work for her for seven years. Laban lied to him. Bible says he had uh, delicate eyes, and he had four between the two handmaidens, and he had two children with the woman that he ended up working 14 years for, which was Rachel. It's interesting because Jacob finally met his match. He finally met a trickster that could out-trick him. So you got to be careful when you're a deceiver, because eventually you're going to meet somebody that can out-deceive you. Got to be careful when you're always trying to one-up people because you're going to eventually meet somebody that's got a one-up on you that you can't seem to compete with. Now, the 11th son, say 11th son, Jacob's 11th son, whom he has with Rachel, which is the woman he really wanted, is Joseph. Say Joseph. Now, Rachel's name means one without impurity or one who is pure. Now, this is interesting because what did I tell you? You are the change in your bloodline. So what God says is after Jacob has an experience with me and then I'm going to let he and Rachel, Israel and something pure, I'm going to let them conceive Joseph. So you're trying to figure out how did I get here? And mama told me this and I was this and that and the other. You're here because as far as God's concerned, you're the 11th child. Bishop, B Bishop, what do you mean the 11th child? You're the child that God says is going to interrupt all of the stuff that has been going on for years. See, a lot of people say, well, 2011 is going to be a bad year because 11 means disorder. I mean to tell you they're a liar. You've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, you've been sold a bill of goods. This 11th year is the year of Joseph. Come on, Wednesday night crowd. And you know Joseph's name means the one whom the Lord continually increases, which means this year is not a year where Jacob is going to manifest. Judah is not going to manifest. Benjamin is not going to manifest. But Joseph is going to manifest. How many things you need to know about Joseph? What are they called? Beautiful things. Here's the fifth thing you need to know. Joseph's name spoke of the greatness that was to come if he could survive the betrayal. Joseph's name spoke of the greatness that was to come if he could survive the betrayal. I just told you what his name means. His name means what? The Lord who continually increases me or the Lord continues to increase me. You still here? No, 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 no. Watch this. Despite all of what his brothers did to him, 
They couldn't stop what God had ordained. That's just like you. Despite all of what has happened to you, some of you, you got two and three volumes of books of your life, and you 12. You got a lifetime series. And they can't just put you on for three months and pull you off. They got you, your series is going to run seven days a week. <laughs> Come on twice a day, and there's going to be new episodes each time. They don't have time for repeats. Come on, can we be honest? How many people you've been through some stuff? Come on, we've all been through something. <laughs> Bravo couldn't handle your story. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying? So, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna say this again. So, some of y'all need to some, some of y'all need to start writing this stuff down because you got some books in you. Terry McMillan ain't seen nothing yet. You got some books in you. You talk about Bishop, but waiting to exhale. I, I died. <laughs> I drowned. <laughs> Getting your groove back. I couldn't even, the dance floor wasn't even there for me to get a groove. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, there might be a book in you. Don't you let the devil let you go through a lot of stuff and you not make him pay for it. See, you, put me, you mess with me, I'm going to make you pay for it. Now, 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 say your name aloud. Whatever your name is. First name, say. Okay, great. Now, all those names mean different things. Now, uh, of course, it'd be wonderful if we had the time or the space or the opportunity to go through each name and I could tell you what it meant. But unfortunately, that's not the case today. Now, it's important that you know what your name means. But can I tell you something? That's not even really important. Because some of your names, you can't even look it up because your mom and them just was. <laughs> you got to get the closest thing to it because you can't find it. Oh, come on, y'all say. <laughs> Preacher, come on TV and say, if you need to say amen. If you need to say amen. So can I tell you what your name is? Yeah. That, that's, that's a southern colloquialism for may I describe to you what your real name is. You ready? Ready? Go, go, go to Ephesians because I want you to see this. Go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3.14. I'm going to tell you what your name is. When you become a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, Bishop, what does it mean to be born again? It means that I have confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. Not only that, but I picked up my cross to follow him. Which means I'm not a wishy-washy saint. Which means even when it's rough, I'm going to serve him. When it's shining, I'm going to serve him. When it's raining, I'm going to serve him. When it's pouring, I'm going to serve him. With Hurricane Katrina, I'm going to serve him. With tornadoes, I'm going to serve him. With avalanche, whatever comes my way, I'm going to serve him. All right? Now, you ready for your name? Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I'm reading from the Amplified, seeing the greatness of the plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. You read verse 15. Ready? Read. Stop. So, the Bible says, God has given you his name. Now, not Jesus. Got it? The Christ part. That's why post-resurrection in the epistles, you'll see him referred to more often as Christ Jesus rather than Jesus Christ. Why? Because watch this now. Uh, uh, the, the origin of the word Jesus is very close to the, to the origin of the word where we get the word Joshua, which just means uh, the Lord has saved or the Lord is salvation. Uh, but the Christ part is good because it means the anointed one, his anointing, and his anointed. Which means, say your first name. Now say Christ. 
That's your real name. Wait a minute, Bishop. What are you saying? The Bible. Read it. Listen up and say, your last name is Christ. When you became a believer, and if you're not before the end of this service today, you're going to get the ability to become one. When you became a believer, Jesus said, not only did I wash you in my blood, but I gave you my blood. I gave you a spiritual blood transfusion. But the third thing I did is I put in some court papers to change your name. Which means this, I carry his name. And watch this, the name Gates means something when you're talking technology. The name Buffett means something when you're talking finance. The name Obama means something if you're talking government. But the name Christ is greater than every name that can be named. And that's my name. Are you still here? How many things you need to know about Joseph? What are these things? Beautiful. Sixth thing. Joseph's defining moments were always accompanied by betrayal. Joseph's defining moments were always accompanied by betrayal. Now that's interesting. Things that make you go, good class. Bishop, 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 what is a defining moment? A defining moment is a fork in the road that determines your future. Now, betrayal can either lead to, watch this, breakdown or breakthrough. Bishop, what's the difference between the two? Breakdown is when you look down and around at what's happened to you. And you become what was perpetrated against you. You, you know what makes hate so bad? Is it makes people to hate. I, I'm going to say it again. W when a person's hated... It turns them into a hater. So now they were originally the hatee, and now they become the hater. They became what happened to them. See, God's question to you is, are you going to become what was perpetrated against you? Because you were betrayed, but are you going to become a betrayer? Are y'all in the place? What, 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 what's this? What's this? When you're in your pit, I said this on Wednesday, don't ask God why me. Obviously, he felt you could handle being in the pit. That's why the scripture says he'll never put more on me than I have the ability to bear, which means this. Anything that does it, that makes it past God, I obviously can take. I'm going to say it again because your neighbor didn't hear me. Apparently, I was speaking in tongues and they can't interpret. Anything that makes it to you, God says, I didn't block that because you got that. Touch your neighbor and say, you can handle it. Don't ask God, why me? Instead, say, Lord, what next? Joseph never let what happened to him good in him. Why, Bishop? Because Joseph understood how to be loyal to authority even though things were perpetrated against him. See, when you get under the authority God has placed you under, you can get over the authority, over the things God has placed you over. Say it again. When you get under the authority, there's this crazy thing in Denver that suggests people don't need to be planted in a house of worship. And I'm going to tell you that's demonic, it's diabolic, it's devilish, it's satanic, first church of Satan, all that. 
When you get under the authority, if you're here today and it's your first time, you are not here by accident. When you get under the authority God has placed you under, you can get over the things God has placed you over. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What is the hand of God? The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the fivefold ministry in the earth. They shout no line because they did Even when it looked like he was declining, he was being set up for increase. The pit was pitiful. I told this on Wednesday. The pit represents hurt. It represents shame. You know how you feel. Matter of fact, the Bible says the pit was empty. There was no water. There, there, water represents the spirit. He, he couldn't even conjure up something to pray. Because he felt so ashamed and so hurt. Come, anybody have been betrayed? Come on here. You, you know how that feels. You just feel like somebody knocked the wind out of you. I, I remember I was, I was riding a bike one time, and I was riding down on, on this on this thing. Why are you laughing now? This is a very touchy story. I'm still dealing with this. No, I'm just joking. I was riding a bike and, you know, I thought I was doing real good, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and all this, and I had my you know, little thing. That's where I'm right today. I had my little things and all this. And I, I thought I was going, but I, I, I hit this, started declining on this hill. And there was a creek over there in the air, and I was declining on this hill. And I hit a rock. My God, the biggest rock I've ever seen in my life. And I fell off of that bike, and man, I was over there and just thrown and thrust against the ground. And I, I thought I was going. I said, Lord, is that you? <laughs> so you got to watch out, bike riders. See, the street is not yours. I don't care what the law say. The street is made for cars. <laughs> Somebody said preaching. <laughs> but the wind was knocked out of me. I literally felt for those few seconds, which seemed like several minutes, I felt like life had left me. That's how you feel when you're betrayed. So the pit's pitiful. I told you on Wednesday, the pit's filled with pit vipers. And I talked about that, get that CD. So Joseph goes from the pit. Then his brothers decide, well, we're going to sell him into slavery. His brothers sold him out. His flesh and blood sold him out. You, you, you'd think you could trust. I'm sure Joseph was thinking while he was in the pit. Now, they put me in here. But they, they just need some time. We had a heated exchange. Things got a little out of hand. Things are going to be better. They're coming any moment now. They know I don't have no water. They're coming to get me. Got it? But instead, his brothers say, why don't we sell him? His brothers sold him out for 20 shekels of silver. Let me help you out. They sold him for in that day, let's just make it real plain, 20 bucks. The, the stock exchange didn't have the monetary exchange at that time, so you follow. Shekels, though, were, were one of the measuring instruments. For 20 br bucks, his, his brothers sell him out. And then his brothers go and lie to the father and say that he is dead. But, somebody said but. Thank God for buts. One T. He sold to a man named Potiphar. 
we looked at the story. And Potiphar makes him the overseer of his home. But Potiphar's wife lies on him because he wouldn't lie with her. You got to be careful when people try to get you to do wrong stuff because they think you may go tell on them. So before you get a chance to tell on them, they'll just concoct something. That's why you got to be careful who you interact with because they'll lie on you when you won't lie with them. You hear? Potiphar believes he's lying. Why? Because betrayal is followed by lies and lies are followed by people that believe them. He then puts Joseph in prison. But watch this. It wasn't, the, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, uh, Denver County. He put him in the nice jail. The king's prison, the Bible says. Where the king kept his prisoners. You, oh, oh, it's federal. Okay, it's federal. <laughs> put him in federal. I guess it would be federal. Federal prison. They put him in so, you know, in the federal prison, it's real nice. They don't even cuff you. You didn't do nothing? Okay, all right. <laughs> Get to pick out your bed sheets. And he's there. I don't want to make light of the situation. He's there. And as he's there in prison, he interprets a dream that leads him to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh makes him second in command only to him. So the question is, Bishop, is how did this happen for Joseph? How did Joseph live a life followed by betrayal after betrayal, and, and yet he still prospered, he was still favored, he did well? Because he knew the password. The password was loyalty. In each of those situations, he stayed loyal. See, what you need to understand when you're going through a betrayal situation, God has in, in, enrolled you involuntarily in the UC. You know the UFC, the University of Character. So when God puts you up, you'll stay there. Because if God doesn't get your character right when you don't have nothing... If God doesn't get your character right when you got 40,000 coming in, he knows you're going to be crazy when he gives you more. So he gets your character right. And don't be materialistic about it, whatever the next level you're trying to get to in life. Uh, God says, I'm going to get your character right first so that you can become, watch this, not a shooting star. You know shooting stars, they, they, they go fast, but they fall fast. Because they get promoted beyond the, the ability of their character. Got to be careful when you get promoted beyond the ability of your character to sustain you. How many things you need to know about Joseph? Seventh thing. Joseph receives the greatest blessing from his brothers because he dared to be separate. This is, this is important. You know what I found out about, about birds? Birds are a unique species. Uh, so th of course, there are certain, several uh, species of bird, but I want to focus in on two. Say two. Uh, one is called a chicken. The other is called an eagle. I found out some interesting things about chickens. Chickens like to congregate amongst other chickens. Uh, chickens like being just like everybody else. 
So rather than embrace their differences, chickens hide them. Subconsciously, they're animals. But eagles are different. This is the great United States of America, so let's talk about, I don't know, our national uh, eagle, the bald eagle. I found out something interesting about that eagle. That eagle likes to fly solo. And that eagle, that eagle likes to fly solo, not because it thinks it's better than the other eagles, but because it has the audacity to be comfortable in its own skin. Go to Genesis 49 real quick. Genesis 49 real quick. I, I want you to get this. I want you to see this. You getting something? Genesis 49, verse 22. You got it? It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring, whose branches climb over a wall with bitterness. Uh, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. Who are the archers? It's talking about his brothers. It's talking about Potiphar. It's talking about Potiphar's wife. Verse 24. But his bow remained what? Steady. His strong arm stayed limber. In, in, essence, in essence, he had the ability to adjust. I, I need to catch this. He had the ability to adjust to whatever was thrown at him. See, life is not about being dealt the best set. Life is about how do I take a bad hand and play it well. It's not about always get you ain't gonna get a royal flush every time. Sometimes you just go, you you gonna get everything but what you need. But Joseph had the ability to say, despite the hand I've been dealt. Watch me play it well. Look, half of your neighbors say, watch me play it well. Because the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you. I could really take a little bit there because notice who he calls his God. It's his father's God. I could spend some time there, but I won't. Because of the Almighty who blesses you with the blessings of the heavens above, blessings of the deep that lie below, and the blessings of the breast in the womb. Your Father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age of hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. He received the greatest blessing. Somebody say greatest blessing. Uh, all of the brothers, if you look at it, they, they didn't receive a blessing that, that was remotely equivocal to this. But, but look at that last part. And on the crown of the head of whom who was separate from his brothers. Look, look at your neighbor and say, do you have the ability to fly solo sometimes? Because sometimes the mistakes we make is we invite Judas's because we don't want to fly alone. You'll invite Judas right up in your situation because I don't want to be by myself. You better learn how to take yourself to the movie, how to take yourself to dinner, how to enjoy your own company. You you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'll be doggone if I let a Judas up in my life. I'll go by myself. How many things you need to know about Joseph? Which one are we on? Oh, that's eight. Then you need to know ten things. <laughs> that was seven. I was going to say, I'm behind it. 
I know I didn't count wrong. No, that was seven. Number eight. <laughs> We're going to have math classes next week. Number eight. Number eight. Joseph has two sons while he's in Egypt. And he takes them before his father, Jacob. Now, uh, flip to Genesis 48. Y'all all right? Okay, good. I'm a little over time, but I need you to get this because this is going to bless your socks off. If your socks still on after church, you didn't hear it. No, keep your socks on. Where you go? Genesis 48, go to verse 13. While he's in Egypt, he has how many sons? Two sons. Now, this is so important because this is the key to you being able to walk in what Joseph walked in. It's not brutal if it's only brutal. That's just brutal. It's only beautiful if you're able to take what was meant for evil against you and capitalize on it. Never waste a good crisis. Look at it. Genesis 48, verse 13. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, uh, towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's hand, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. Now, he's supposed to bless the firstborn with his right hand. W when he comes, watch this, he switches hands. Can, 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 can I get prophetic for you just a little bit? So when they say we're dealing with Generation X, we're dealing with a generation now that is not lost. We're dealing with a generation where God says, I switched and I've... They are not cursed. They are not lost. Hope is not gone for our young people. Our young people are the generation of... Well, God says, I... Verse 15, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life along unto this day, and the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Remember, he talked about wrestling with the angel. Remember that happened? Bless the lads and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the hand of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's hand unto Manasseh. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand on his head. And his father refused and said, I know, I know, but he also shall become a people and shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become the multitude of the nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh, and set Ephraim before Manasseh. Now, so, 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 so who ended up getting the right-hand blessing? Who? Now, now, now watch this. He has two sons in Egypt. And both of their names are significant because it tells you how Joseph got over what happened to him. Sometimes the only way to really get over what's happened to you is to have victory over it. And to have victory over it means I can say, despite that, I know you wanted me to stop trusting everybody. I know you wanted me to stop loving people. I know you wanted me to stop loving God, loving people, loving life. But I flipped that. Yeah. 
Manasseh. Manasseh's name means the Lord has made me forget. Now, is that not awesome that the one of the sons he'd have, his name would mean, what they do to me? See, people say forgive and forget. That's not in the Bible. Let me tell you how this works. I forgive, but I don't forget the lesson. I do forget the pain. Which means I can see you and still smile and shake your hand. I hope everything's going well. You need prayer? Certainly I'll pray for you. Because I forgot. I had a Manasseh moment. I forgot what you did to me. But Ephraim. Say Ephraim. Ephraim's name is interesting because his name means double fruitful. So after I forget the pain of what they did to me, I'm going to be double fruitful in the area they attacked me. Which means if somebody betrays you in your finances, once you forget the pain, you can look for double the fruit. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's a juicy fruit moment in the house. Double your pleasure, double your friend, juicy fruit. Or double man, I miss. I like juicy fruit. I'm not a double man fan. So we changed it. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, Lord I'm Manasseh. All of the hurt perpetrated against me. And I welcome Ephraim. Double fruit of what was perpetrated against me. This 11th year is my Joseph year. I shall increase. Yeah, there's some believers here. Yeah. There, there's, some, there's some folk that say, that's me, Bishop. That's me, Bishop. There, there's some believers here. I think there's some believers here. There's some believers here. There's some believers here. Yeah. Last thing, and I'm completely done. Re- remember all of this? These nine things you needed to know about Joseph, they are beautiful. Bishop, sum this all up. Certainly. The beautiful side is what you meant for evil, I'm going to use to go to a HNL. I borrowed that from Ed Young. A whole nother level. I liked it, so I bought it, but I sent him an offering for it. <laughs> what you meant for evil against me. What is evil? Contrary toward. I used it. See, I was crying for a little bit. My feelings were hurt for a little bit. I couldn't trust anybody new for a little bit. I thought everybody I met was going to be like you for a little bit. So I clammed up and I stopped loving people and I stopped trusting people for a little bit. But baby, I had a Manasseh moment. I had a Manasseh moment. And I forgot the pain. 
what you meant for evil against me. God did turn for my good. And, and, and the verse goes on, Genesis 50, 20, write it down. The verse goes on, that many people would be saved. Now, we're going to see what kind of church we're dealing with today. Now, this is a kingdom church, which means we're not a church mindset church. What does that mean? Who's the church? The people. People that have a church mindset are always thinking about themselves. See what I mean when I say that? So I'm going to see what kind of church I'm dealing with, because if this ain't the right one, I'll get y'all a new pastor next week. I need to know I'm in the right place. The Bible said, what you meant for evil against me, Joseph's talking to his brother. See, sometimes you got to tell people. And if you can't reach them, you're going to have to write them a letter. Can't write them a letter, send them a card. If they go, then just send them, a, send them something and put it at the post office, deal with it. Come on, come on, come on. Translate, what is that now? Because some of you are still mad at folks that's not even here no more. And from the grave, they're controlling you. He's speaking to his brothers, and he says, what you meant for evil. Isn't this funny? He's sitting up here with his signet ring on, with his, with, his, with his gold chain and his linen garments and all these bodyguards he got now and armor bearers and adjutants and cup bearers and assistants and stuff. And, and he's walking up to his brothers, hey, y'all. And they're thinking, who are all these people? These are your kids? Oh, you probably still remember me from the pit. Things have changed over the last 20 years. You knew me when you threw me down there. All of this here, that's because I need a password. Somebody shout off of that. He said, he says, you meant for evil. But isn't this funny? You're here asking me to save you. Because you're in a famine. Isn't that funny how God made me the one that controls the food supply? So when you need to eat, all I got to do is say, feed them. And watch this, brothers. Watch this, bros. Watch this. I'm not going to treat you the way you treated me. We can't be friends. Oh, don't get it. Don't get it mistaken. We're not going back to the way it was. But I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. We can't go to the movies together. We can't ride in the same car together. Oh, no, you messed those days up. That stuff's over. But I want you to know I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. Last part of the verse says, put it up, Genesis 50:20. Put it up, put it up. Put it up, Genesis 50:20. Watch this. To save... Much people alive. You didn't go through all of that just so you could have a personal breakthrough. So I need to test the kind of church I'm in. You didn't go through that just so you could sit up and say, Ooh, the Lord's brought me from the mad a long way. That's nice. But you went through that so when you see somebody else down there in the if I see somebody else down in the pit. Come out of that pit. I've been through that. I've gone through us. You're going to make it. Watch God do it. The only time you should be looking down on somebody is to pick them up. So do I have a kingdom church 
or do I got one of them regular churches? Shout hallelujah! Everybody standing. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.